Welcome, boneheads. It is here once again, the iconic classic, The Skeleton Crew Horror Podcast. The podcast that will tickle your funny bone and have you screaming for more. Exclusively at Horrorphilia.com with your trio of numbskulls, Jamie Sammons. I, 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 I like it. I'm uh, 40 years old. You've got a whole lot to tell. I'm a pretty simple guy. And Alex Edwards. Yeah, asshole. Woo! You are now entering the bone zone. A very, very special show. So let me just throw some dates at you. So the last time we did a major Texas Chainsaw Massacre show was January 5th, 2013. It's when Jamie joined the show, and we did a Texas Chainsaw Massacre retrospective where we covered part 1, 2, 3, and 4. Then on January 12th, we did the remake, the prequel, and I think at the time there was only 3D. And then we came back. Right when we were wrapping the show up in 2017, and on October 13th, we did Leatherface. And you thought it was all over there. Well, guess what? Jamie said you are not going to review Texas Chainsaw Massacre without me in the dungeon. Welcome back, Jamie. (laughs) Hey, thanks. Yeah, this is twice to talk about two brand new movies with two old franchises. Yeah, to complete retrospectives. Yeah, and I love it. I'm excited to be here. Mm-hmm. And everybody else would be very excited because the last time what is occurring right now occurred was October 30th, 2020. It was the last Skeleton Crew show ever. And, yeah, then the Bare Bones thing started. And what occurred is... The three of us together. What's up, Dave Z? Hey, yo! <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> What's up, brother? Great to be here with you guys. Great to be here. Thank you. I'm so fortunate to be here and that all the circumstances arose that enabled it to happen. And for, for this movie, for a franchise movie, no less, it, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what we should probably start talking about uh, <laughs> right off the bat. Uh, should we call this a franchise anymore? <laughs> and I'm not I'm not dissing anything. What I'm just saying is, isn't it funny how this franchise is like endlessly tried to restart or like or like just restart after the first one? Like, didn't we kind of say that about even part three seemed to have nothing to do with part two? And then the the Matthew McConaughey one seemed like a sequel from the first one. And then you got the remake. <laughs> and then 3D cut everything out, and then Leatherface was, what the hell was that, like an origin story? It's like, it could never, nothing is fluid at all, and even if you look at just part one and part two, they seem totally different, you know? It's like, it's so weird with this franchise, so what do you guys think of that in general? I think there are six different continuities uh, going on in this franchise. I mean, it's got Halloween has nothing on this one. And I just watched a video, uh, the horror timelines video, where he was basically 
trying to break down all the different continuities and he, <laughs> he came up with six but even that's kind of eh, it depends on how you look at things it's it's all over the place it's and i think that though texas chainsaw fans have come to just we're used to that you know it doesn't upset us because yeah what are you gonna do like <laughs> like it's been like that since uh since part three you know because part two part one and part two are connected you know it, they, it basically is a sequel because you know franklin is there and it's it's their family member that's coming to exact revenge you know so they are connected then you've got three and then all these new family members and the old family members aren't there well, at one point they're called the the, the Sawyers. Sawyers, and then they're called the Hewitts in the remake. Uh, yeah, they're all over the place. So we're just kind of used to that. Yeah, it's it's wacky, and it doesn't get any better here. They are right into your face stealing from Halloween uh, 2018 and just doing the wipe clean yet again and bring back a legacy character, even though, like, any real horror fan knows that this chick is dead. So, you know, Marilyn Burns died, like, friggin' seven years ago or something, and, or, or no, less than that, right? Like, uh, or is it? I think, like, three. I, I could be wrong, though. Time flies. I don't know. I say three. So, they have another person. So, <clears throat> you're trying to recap, you're trying to do what Halloween did. Because you figure it's a, su- a successful formula. It's not the same thing. I mean, when we see Laurie Strode in Halloween, we know it's Laurie Strode. You just can't, like, call anybody something and say, yeah, look, they're back. Right, it doesn't have the same weight. Uh, like, even with Linda Hamilton and Terminator, uh, Gina Phillips in the Jeepers Creepers franchise, in, at the end of the last one, you got a shot of her. Uh, watching things on TV and like, you know, she's raring to go. So I'm kind of curious as as to whether she's going to show up in the one that's coming out this year. Uh, And so there've been a lot of them that have done it, but the thing is they've always done it with the original actor and that's what gives it weight. That's what gives it impact is like, Oh, here comes this original actor reprising this role. And even though Marilyn Burns did show up, Briefly in Next Generation as Sally, and then she showed and up 3D, in, in I think. 3D, as, not as Sally, but as Verna. Then, you know, she has had a connection to the franchise, and then, you know, she's gone. So then you bring back that character, but with a different actress, and no fault to the actress. I don't have a problem with her. It's just that it doesn't have the same impact because it's not the legacy actress to go along with the legacy character. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's so funny going to say something maybe controversial to some people that are listening that had a beef with it. Number one, um, Marilyn Burns, I recall what she looked like before she passed away. Of course, you know, I'd seen her on social media, etc. and and around, whatever. When I saw the first picture, you know, before they actually introduced Hardesty later on with the phone call and everything, they showed like a news thing. I, th- I don't know if it was the first minute when they put the DVD in, but at one point there was discussion and they showed her slamming a door. There was like a quick cut of something saying that, th- that this was Sally Hardesty. And when I saw it, the first thought that popped into my head was this. Wow, they really did cast somebody that looks a lot like she did at that age. I was like, bravo to them. Now, I didn't know that they were going to further it as much as they did. Although, the other thing I was going to say is, 
I like the fact that it wasn't really the central part of the narrative. We're in Halloween 2018. They didn't overplay it. And I've been saying this since Halloween 18 came out. And of course, I know I'm not the only person that would have, but I said, I hope that they do this with others. Of course, the first thing I wanted to see was Ginny come back in a Friday thing. Uh, of course, of course, up. yeah. Of course, well, it couldn't, and, and, and yes, I love Ginny and everything in part two the most, but it wouldn't have made sense if they had Alice because the only Jason she ever dealt with at this point in her, in her life, she probably would have eventually come to the conclusion that the little boy thing was something that, you know, her mind at that time, you know, came up with. Where Ginny dealt with Jason directly and she knows she did so i think it would have made more sense narratively with Ginny. and i said it's on exploding ads i was like hey i hope they do this with this and i never thought about texas chainsaw with sally but if anybody complains about this and i'm not saying you were complaining alex you were just you know making an observation that many people right it's not the same thing right right the thing is in case you haven't noticed in horror in this genre Anytime something comes out and is successful, you have to basically expect others to do it, especially in a franchise. Just the fact that Texas Chainsaw is now a slasher movie is only following the paths that Halloween 78 and Friday 80 started and perfected. Texas Chainsaw wasn't a slasher. They started making them more slasher as time went on because, well, why? Because these were... Yes, they bounce yeah. off each other. So yeah. the fact that it did happen shouldn't be a surprise. It should be expected. And, no, I and, you're, and well. you're right. And I actually don't have a problem with it. I, I I even I don't have a problem with it even being a different actress. I was like, okay, like I, if she can bring something to this, that'll be cool. The only thing is I feel like they didn't do anything with her. And if they had made it a little, like made her presence a little more impactful maybe it would have given it more weight but she did serve a purpose so so she wasn't completely useless i feel like she served a purpose but i also feel like it it seems like they just made a last minute decision like oh everybody else is doing this let's do this too and <laughs> they tacked it on or something yeah, yeah like it didn't feel like it came organically it felt like it was you know oh this will you know blow their this will blow their hair back and i feel like if they had then done something more with her like they did with the Lori strode character then it would have made more sense but she didn't really play that much of a part which I guess could you could look at that as a positive too, since it's not Marilyn Burns, then maybe it's a good thing she wasn't in it more. That's exactly the point. I think Dave's argument is exactly the point. Like since it's not her, it can't have that same capacity because and, and think about it, like Lori is hooked into every other character in that movie. She's hooked into the daughter. She's hooked into the granddaughter. Like, these are major people in the movie, and it's, you know, within Lori. This this chick, like, no one even knows who she is, in, including Leatherface. He seemingly doesn't even recognize But Why would Woody? Woody? That was 50 years ago. I'd be like, well, you mean, are, are you the hot blonde I killed all your friends 50 years ago? Like, okay. Like, it, and, you know... Well, let's get to some... Okay, so David Blue Garcia directed it. Fide Alvarez, the dude who did Evil Dead and a couple other horror movies, he he only produced this, but he also wrote um, some of the story. So that's something. Um, 
we'll get to this cast uh melody lila um dante um the the garage guy richter and all that stuff um but just to do some more overviews and also uh i wanted to do somewhat of a non did we say any spoilers yet or no we didn't say none right i don't think so Except for the fact that Sally shows Sally. up, and if you if you didn't if you didn't because <laughs> I didn't know, the, yeah, if I you didn't, didn't know. watch if you didn't watch the trailer, you wouldn't know that. Um, it's an hour and twenty three minutes, which is a good thing because it they really trimmed the fat on this. There's except eight minutes of that is eight minutes is credits. The film itself is about an hour fifteen. <laughs> right, I I paused it at some point. Because I want to see how much was left after. Um, I, for some reason, I paused it after um, the seemingly the end of Leatherface or whatever, and I paused and I saw there was like so many minutes left. I was like, "What in the world is going to happen from that point?" And then I find that almost ten minutes is is the uh, freaking credits. Yeah, right. So this this movie is really an hour and thirteen minutes, and and then if you cut some of the opening out, this movie is like an hour and eight minutes. Of actual content, so think about that. Awesome. A lot of people are saying this is a woke movie, just like Scream Five. Um, I, I see what? what they're saying, but not really. Like they have like that chick is a social justice warrior. You know, you're going through her Instagram. It's all about end racism, anti guns, and all that stuff. Um, they're doing this thing where they're like bringing life back to like this weird dead town from like house of wax 2005 or something that nobody will ever live in <laughs> like i don't even understand the entire premise like but it's funny because this is the kind of movie where it doesn't even matter and that is like hilarious to me that they're even wasting their time and money doing this because it's like it's just so funny to me like i don't and it's weird because jamie loves texas chainsaw massacres movies and and i don't care so i think we're coming from two different places, but I think, I think your love will make you overlook some of the weird stuff, and my not caring will make me have a good laugh at those things. And in the end, I think we could both again sit down and, and enjoy this again, because I, I think you need those two things. Maybe people in the middle might have bigger issues and and might care more about something like that, like how Dave's uh, what. Dave, what is your what's your feeling on the Texas Chainsaw franchise on the whole? Like, are you a big? I know Christian is. Well, I think I'm in the middle because we just did them last summer when we did our summer sausages thing, and so it's like, let me think. Oh, yeah. I love one and two, three, take it or leave it. Four is is a pile of shit. <laughs> the remake, I, I've come up a little. I think it's okay. I think the beginning is great. Uh, Texas 3D, I think is okay, and I barely think Leatherface is okay. Right. So, that's kind of okay. like me. The middle kind of up. Honestly, that's kind of like me. Like, I, I do love the franchise on whole, but I outright find uh, Next Generation almost unwatchable. Ugh. And uh, I don't really care for the beginning, or at least I didn't the last time I saw it. And I really, we're about to do a Texas Chainsaw Retro uh, for our Patreon show. And I, we're going to obviously watch them all again. And I'm curious to see what I think about the beginning. And as far as the last Leatherface goes, I don't think it's a good Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie because it doesn't feel like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie to me. But I do get enjoyment out of it in like a natural born killers road movie kind of way. Um, not it's not even close to being as good as natural born killers. Ugh. So don't worry. Don't worry, Dave. 
Settle down, down, Dave. Like, <laughs> yeah, he was always like, whoa, 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 whoa. What, are you, what are you talking about? But, uh, well, that's like Dave's favorite movie. So, like, um, uh, but what I mean is just I get the same kind of vibe from it. And, uh, and so I enjoy it on that level. But I don't think it's a good Texas Chainsaw film. And so the, the franchise, I'm not, uh, I'm not one of those people that just loves every little single thing about it because I love the franchise. I am, I am ready to recognize that there are some not so good entries, but I still love it anyway. And I still get excited about new ones. Right. Yeah. Well, that's going to be a question at the end of this too, because of the end credit scene. Um, so supposedly they used old school lenses to give this movie like a vintage look when they recorded it. I guess they really wanted to capture the 74, but I don't think anything will ever capture that. Like you have to use a really shitty old camera to do that. But um, what did you guys think of? Did, did you notice this or no? Oh, On the cameras. It looked like every other modern film nowadays looks to me. Okay, so you didn't get that. (laughs) No, I didn't. It had that. It had that mysterious film, that I like to call it a film, but it had that mysterious hue or tint or something that everything from the 2010s and upward has, especially when they're indoors. So I wish I would have noticed something that looked uh, replicated 35 millimeter or something like that, but I didn't. Shit. No, I didn't. I didn't notice it either. It's, what's interesting is uh, maybe not interesting. I don't know. Uh, it depends. But what I found funny was that when I saw the teaser trailer, not the full trailer, but just the, the teaser that didn't give anything away. To me, that felt like it looked more authentic, like it felt aged or, you know, I, I liked I liked the look of that. But then when I saw the full film, I guess there were a couple of shots that maybe I would believe that, but it didn't, while I was watching it, it didn't stick out to me. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it isn't true. Well, we'll have to get some more verification on that. But um, do you guys notice the opening voiceover was the dude from the original anime? Yeah, John Larroquette. I knew, I actually had heard that before I saw the movie. I heard that they brought Larroquette back, and then I was excited about that. The only thing I wish is that they had done the text crawl because they didn't do that, and that I missed. But at least it was his voice, so that was cool. You know what? I thought it was. I, I thought it sounded very much like him. But there was a part of me that was thinking they kind of did like what they did with Loomis's voice in H two O, like someone that sounds a lot like him. Again, the, he's he's an older gentleman now. He was, you know what I mean? It was nineteen seventy four the last time he does it, and I haven't heard his voice since they did the remake in, in two thousand three. So I'm like, that sounds like Lara Cat. But if you put a gun to my head, I wouldn't say that's definitely him. But so it worked. It worked. Michael, what have you done? Have you killed a game? <laughs> Not bad. You killed a guy. I'm talking. (laughs) Holy shit! Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Good lord! They're showing the jerk off room and 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 the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That voice. I saw this. That old British guy's yeah, or whatever English guy voice. Like he was trying to be Loomis, and it was. Oh Oh, yeah. You know it wasn't him. So I just was. That's horrible. Um. So. So with the woke thing, uh, I think people are saying that because of the interracial couple again. And we, and it's funny because we just did this with Texas Chainsaw 3D, <laughs> which I guess was 2013. So that's interesting because the woke movement it seems to be something of the last, I don't know, five to seven years that people would start saying that about stuff. But... 
they did that already in like 2013, so it's hard to say. And just the idea that there's always a black friend now, like, apparently every group of white people always have a black friend. Um, now, there was no gay people in this movie, like there was in Scream, so they didn't do that, which, because, you know, now there's like a checklist of everything you have to put in a movie now to be woke. And so I didn't, I didn't get a, 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 tr- a crazy woke feeling except for maybe the interracial couple and then the anti-gun thing and stuff. Is that, is that about it? I mean, is, there's not, would you call this woke? No, I wouldn't. And nope. as a matter of fact, I look at this film as sort of an, it, it it's, this film is shots fired at the cancel mob. And I think that the bus scene is the literal interpretation <laughs> of taking out the, the because in the yes. beginning you think it's going to be you think it's going to be going in an anti-gun direction but it doesn't it's the exact opposite by the time you get to the end right. it, that's that's gone that's what i was going to say uh let's because we have to kind of address that so let's go ahead and give our ratings i guess i feel weird about doing that i feel like we should okay no how about recommendations should people see this and then they could stop listening uh sure what do you have something else to do with an hour and eight minutes like are we really asking a lot of you to go see this i mean come on it's on netflix it's gonna be watched anyway it's free five percent of the people that subscribe to this i bet aboard and watched it as we're sitting here recording now it's only been out two days how about that i believe yeah honestly i believe that everybody's watched this movie because uh, if you look at social media which i don't even do anymore but this movie kind of pulled me back in for a day and i'm gone again but uh one day she lasted and and i'm out Uh, But if you look at social media, if you look at YouTube reviews, every single reviewer that I watch regularly has already covered this film. Isn't it amazing? They all have. Yeah, and uh, franchises, baby. I actually saw that uh, Garcia had said he is anxious to do a sequel if anybody wants to, and regardless of the takes on the film and the the critical reviews, if they go if they go solely on the number of watches that it got on Netflix, they're going to do a sequel because everybody in the world watched this movie on Friday night, I swear. <laughs> right. It seems like it. Um, okay, so we're going to go into spoilers now. So I, I don't even understand the whole thing about listening to whatever. Okay. So now we're going to go into spoilers. So, yeah. So the whole woke idea, <clears throat> is it really, though? Because if it was, that would mean that they really whoever's making it is woke and they want to push the idea that anti-guns but like jamie said and and then that's the question about this whole character of of lila or whatever so she's anti-gun and all this stuff and then she had a traumatic experience where she was involved with a school shooting and um I guess she's now against guns, but then she has this weird, like, fascination moment with this guy's gun, and, and she picks it up and everything else, and then the same thing she's against and she fights to prevent is what saved her life. So is that saying, is that like a political thing saying, like, you know, you say these things, but wow, it's funny when it's here to help you, suddenly guns are not so bad. You know, like, so that can't be woke. Right. Yeah, I don't. Right. I don't think it is. I don't think <laughs> no. it is. I. I think it's actually the opposite. I think it is flying in the face of that, because. And when I say when I referred to the bus scene as being like a literal takedown, 
the the dude in the front who says you try anything dude and you're going to be canceled amazing that, that line right there and then he proceeds to he proceeds to look at him like what the fuck are you talking about and then he just mows through everybody to me that is like directly shots fired like that's how i see it and so i see this film for all the people who've said oh it's just woke pc bullshit i don't know where you're getting that because i really don't because i don't get that at all from this film as a matter of fact these tent these zoomers who move into this town who uh are like it's i guess they're gonna try to make their own like influencer utopia because there are a bunch of rich influencers who are moving in and buying all this stuff up they they immediately come off as assholes you've got melody in the beginning who is talking shit to richter at the gas station and she comes off she comes off like a bitch, you know, because even right. if you feel that way about somebody who has a gun, what kind of asshole is going to say things like that to another person, particularly when they're armed? Um, and then <laughs> and then they do the whole thing with Miss Mac and Dante comes off like a straight up dick. Like, I, I don't like his character at all. I think he's an asshole. And he treats that old woman with complete disrespect, he's rude. He's like, so these people do not, or they're not put in a good light. And then, uh, but who actually is, is Richter, who has become one of my favorite characters of the year. I fucking love Richter. And then I feel bad for Ms. Mack, you know? And so I think that, I think that honestly, this film was going in the complete opposite direction from what everyone expected it to go. And, uh, and I had actually heard rumblings before the movie even came out that that's, you know, oh, it's just, it's this and this and it's, it's woke PC bullshit, you know? And then I watched it. I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? I think the problem is that they keep pushing this on everything. So people are really starting to get annoyed and now they're going to, they're going to see a glimpse of it or a glimmer of something that should be normal. And now it's like, no, no, they're just trying to push this now and this and that. And now they're going to immediately dismiss it and not even get to the resolve of the the whole thing. You know what I mean? So people, I, I think they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot. The Whoever is doing the woke movement, um, they're doing it too often, I think. And I think now now the, the view of woke is, is skewed. Of course. But the thing is this, um, most people that fall one side on something are not going to have a problem with that, and the other people are, and it's always like that. However, in this case, people are only saying, if you just watched the fifteen, the first 15 minutes of this movie and pulled the plug right then and there, I could see somebody just at first thinking that, because that was the setup for the movie. And that's what I right. like about the movie. That is a pro. It is taking the journey. And people like to see that in movies, especially with a final girl, of somebody feeling one way at the beginning of the movie and by the end of the movie, feeling something else. And then ultimately, it's almost like it wasn't even her feelings as much as it was her sister being ultra protective, which I get a sister would do that after the other one has been through something traumatic. So I get that. But the beginning part, the comment made at the gas station about the gun. And then when they go to deep Texas and the whole thing with the flag, with the, the right. rebel, uh, okay. That being there and them talking trash about that. Yeah. Yeah. Which yep. I understand why that's fine. I, I'm not for it either. However, 
when you're to me that adds to the the element of the stranger in a strange land thing which good slasher movies will do you take these kids right you send them to deep texas okay an area that's dead and of course you if you see a battered confederate flag okay you're gonna see that are you gonna like it of course not but you can i don't want to say expect it to be there but don't be surprised that just adds to the stranger in a strange land thing and the biracial couple you're gonna see that like you said you saw it in 2013 do i want to see it in every single slasher movie i watch of course not because it's becoming tired it's a token thing it's like anything else and it does hands are overplayed but right and I, i'm in a, in a racial relationship and i don't want to see it everywhere i go so is Dave. okay <laughs> all right my daughter who is multiracial watched okay was watching the wrong turn movie with me and in that movie she just happened to be in there in the first 20 minutes doing her homework or doing something or eating and i was watching the wrong turn movie from last year and i that the fact that it came out of her mouth i just i was like yeah right on but she says she goes so so dad she goes so do you think in every horror movie now there's always going to be a gay couple and there's always going to be a biracial couple (laughs) and i said well we're seeing it a lot we are seeing like even in Halloween, like, and it's a shame because the the gay couple in, in Halloween Kills was one of my favorite parts. Like, th- I oh, love those guys, John right? And little John, I love them. They're adorable. Yeah, and I don't care what their preference is sexually, but it's forced upon. It can get old. And again, I'm in the middle politically. I I'm just gonna say if people are saying that this movie's woke, they missed the point of it. They missed the point of it starting one way and then saying, hey. Wait a minute. Of course the black man's going to have a problem with the Confederate flag. That's just nature. But I will say this. I do not dislike Dante. I don't dislike anybody. The person I disliked the most at one point in this film was Melody. I thought she was overbearing about oh. it. And that. Okay. Yeah. But Dante, the reason... But she has an arc. But exactly. And, and she does have an arc. But the thing about Dante is this. And Jamie, you're from the South, so you probably still heard people using this word ignorantly but not offensively at some point like this old woman there's a difference between ignorance and racism when she used the word negro i don't think she she was using it right and some people have no tolerance for that that's the difference she's being ignorant yes but she's not being racist. But people that are on that side of the fence, when they hear that word used, and I understand why they roll their eyes, especially being a black person, I 100% get that. But you have to have a little bit of, what's the word, uh, tolerance. If they are a good person and they're not using it with malice, it's a sad state of affairs, but maybe she doesn't watch the news. And maybe she isn't aware not to use that word. But I understand why Dante got mad when he heard that rule. When she, But he can't tell that she's in the middle of nowhere and she's like obviously super old school and from you know, the whole he's young. Texas thing. Like, he's a new generation person. He doesn't, he doesn't have any clue. He doesn't have any clue that... Okay. I think not. I think nowadays, today's media and everything else and everywhere you look, it's shoved down your throat so much that you are automatically going to oppose that and have zero tolerance for it all. Luckily, my daughter, she does, but a lot of people do not. Yeah, I think what this film, I think what this film illustrates is that everything is nuanced. Everything is not cut and dry. And We live in a society now where it's, if you say this, you're okay. If you say this, you're wrong. 
But the thing is, real life doesn't necessarily work that way. And you have to take all of the other elements and put them together to determine what's where someone is coming from. And when Ms. Mack says that she that flag belonged to her grandfather and she kept it because it belonged to her grandfather, I think she's being legitimate. Like she means that. She doesn't she doesn't fly that flag because she's racist. She has that flag hanging and that flag looks like it's, yeah, and it looks like it's been there since the Civil War. To be honest, that flag is old as hell. (laughs) And so is she. She's old as hell. You know, but she treats them, and this is what I said to Brian, and I'm like, she, she offers them sweet tea. And that may not seem like anything, but let me tell you this. If you live in the South and someone comes into your home and you don't want them there, you're not gonna fucking offer them sweet tea. She's being nice to these people. She offers them to sit down. She gives them something to drink. She's talking to them. She's very kind to them. She never does anything rude or mean. And that's why I don't like Dante because he has this, he has this chip on his shoulder when it comes to her. The moment she says, oh, I settled that with the bank. I paid everything. And he's just like, you're wrong. You know, he is rude. And there's no reason to talk to her that way. She wasn't being like that with you. You can be kind to her because she was being kind to you. He's being a jackass. And by the way, he was fucking wrong. And how do you not know that you don't own every single building in that entire event? How do you not know there's one missing from that? Like, so the bank made a mistake? Like, they don't even know that someone owns it outright? Like, it's like the weirdest situation. And the other thing about Melody that makes her a scumbag is that we're supposed to have this whole journey with her where we feel have this empathy for her because she feels bad that they told her to get the fuck out of the house when she actually owned it outright. Meanwhile, but it was okay to throw her out of it because they bought it against her will and against her wishes, and that's her home, and she had no idea, and she's this and that. It's okay to still get rid of her, only if you own it. And suggest she go to a shelter because you know that's right. Okay. That's okay. Uh, and well, yeah, let me he, let me interject. Yeah, he, this. he was wrong because Melody found the deed in up, upstairs in her in that box in her bedroom. She was right. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna interject this. The reason he panicked so much, and the reason she did was because they knew that their their busload of investors was coming any minute. I think it was a press for time thing where it's like, listen, yeah. let's get them out of here right the fuck. Get them out of here. The people are going to be in a minute. We can't have people here doing this or this could really hurt our investment and what we're trying to do here. So I think, again, I'm going to give them a pass because I think maybe if it was different circumstances... It- yeah, but that's still throwing somebody over for your financial gain, though. That's still not okay. Also, but if you think they're on the his- right... Look at his reaction when Mel when Melody tells him that the woman died. His reaction is, "Damn!" Right. And she's like, True. "She's like, she's like, that's all you have to say." And he's like, "Well, we didn't." You know, she's like, "We killed her." And he's like, "No, we didn't. Heart disease did." And like, you are a heartless bastard. That's what he is. He's a heartless fucking bastard. And I, I forgot that. You know, and I look, I'm not saying he's wrong about not liking the Confederate flag. If I saw a Confederate flag hanging, I wouldn't want it either. Like, I'd be like, take that shit down. I'm from the South and I will not fly a Confederate flag. And I look sideways at people who do if they are my age or younger. If someone is 150 years old and they have this flag up that's been there forever and she flat out says it belonged to my grandfather and that's why I kept it, then I'm going to I'm going to like. 
that that's the time when you look at people and how they're treating you and what else is going on and you determine where that's coming from is it coming from a place of purity is it coming from a place of malice clearly she's not she's not malicious so you know i understand him not liking that and that's legitimate but the way he treated her was not and then his callousness when they find out she's dead is also not legitimate like that those are the things that make me dislike him so much is just You're his right. you know is the way he comes off uh, and that and that i i kind of i feel bad because when they when they when he discovered that they didn't have the deed and then they went back to the house to look for it uh, to see if she had it then, you know, he was looking and, you know, so I think maybe if he'd had the opportunity, he might have been able to redeem himself. But unfortunately, he never got that opportunity because Leatherface stepped in. Uh, but I uh, and maybe I would have ended up liking him more because, you know, to be fair, the only times I did see him in the film were, were when he was being a dick. And you're right in that they did have a very timely situation. Like a, it was a time issue. They had this bus is coming right now. Like they got to get this shit figured out. So, yeah, he was under a lot of pressure, but I still don't think that excuses him treating her the way he did or being so callous about her death. Like it just it's true. And Melody Common courtesy. Melody, who started out, I hated her in the first couple minutes of the movie. And I thought I was good. I was like, oh, Jesus, this bitch. Like, I'm going to like, I'm not going to like her. She actually ended up redeeming herself to me because she did care. You know, she she cared uh, when the woman, you know, she cared about the woman going to the hospital. She cared when the woman yeah. died. She really wanted to find the deed. She started crying when she found the deed and knew that they were wrong. So she has a good heart. You know, yeah, but not exactly because she she did lock the bathroom door so no one else could be safe for even a minute from Leatherface and then escape, and everyone else was left to die on the bus. So I mean, she's oh. not exactly <laughs> you know, a I real. I didn't I didn't think about that, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't know, but it's. They should have showed him pounding on the door, but they didn't. They showed him pounding on the glass instead, the windows, right? They should have shown people, if they wanted to reinforce that, that she was being a, a jerk, they should have shown people pounding on the door saying, hey, let us in! Because it was weird. When they opened the door, no one else had the idea to do it. And I understand. I give it a pass because it's a panic and people are who they are, but... And that, well, and I honestly think that's why she did it. You know, I, she dragged her sister in there and then I think it's just a panic situation. She doesn't even know those other people. She's concerned about her sister. So, uh, you know, I, yeah, I, yeah, people, you don't ever know how you're going to react in a situation until you're in it. So I'm not going to say I wouldn't do the same thing. You know, I would drag Brian in there and then fuck everybody else, probably. But you're you're talking as a realistic point of view, but as a writer, maybe that was written to make her a douche. Oh, maybe. maybe. I don't to, know. I to, don't know. To not let them in, you know? Yeah, so there's so many things to get to. You know, a lot of people, since we're talking about characters, they're most reviewers are saying or people on facebook are saying that um there's no emotional connection with anyone and so many of them die in in almost the first act that they are just plot devices and you got the the girlfriend who went in the cop van to go with the old lady to make sure she lives or whatever she was doing that van hits something, like some building, and the cops... Uh, yeah, so we get to the, the gore. I guess this is like the first opening of the gore, unless I'm forgetting something else, right? Is this the first... Yeah, well, that's when, every, that's when shit popped off. You know, the moment he broke that wrist, 
then you yeah. will. That's when I sat up and I was like, here we fucking go. Yeah. Oh, I was like, oh my god. And then he shoots the other cop. Then he hits that building and he takes this guy's arm. He breaks his wrist and takes those two bones and jabs it into his own throat after the after his uh his Oh yeah, that's another thing. Like what is Leatherface doing there? He was like 30 years old when Texas Chainsaw Part 1 ended. So, and then in that picture they show, that 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 picture was like 1975, so it was like 2 years after the first movie, so now he's like 30, 32 years old. He you can see him in the doorway. He's obviously a full he's the same thing he was in the first movie. Why is he in an orphanage? Do do grown men go to orphanages? Or is that like a kid's thing? Maybe he's not as old as you think he was, because they never said, for all we know, and Leatherface, I mean, f- just strictly for the narrative of this movie, for all we know, Leatherface could have been 16 in 1974, just a big freaking big fucker. And and this is a, a year later, he's in there, or, or right after the events of that, maybe he's 17, and there he goes. And then the woman finds out that he's slow, and or, or is what he is, and takes a liking. Yeah, most people think he's 75 years old in this movie. See, because that's that's what he would be. Did they ever give him? See, again, that's the problem. Not the problem, but that's for people analyzing a movie. If you see a movie come out in 1974 and then a sequel come out this year, how old were they? You know what I mean? How far are you going to take it? Well, even Michael Myers in, 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 in 2020 doing what he did in 2019. Okay. I'm not saying it's not possible. It's Michael Myers and this is Leatherface. But I mean, Michael Myers was 78 when it came out. Texas Chainsaw was 1974. So why does that have to be so unbelievable? Why can't Michael, or pardon me, Leatherface, have been 17 in the first movie? We don't know. He sure acts I, like a kid. He's big. I get I think, that. But... Uh, I think people are going off Gunnar Hansen's age. And he was yeah, 20, he have... was 26 when the movie, what? when the first movie was made. And I, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying on. that's, no, I'm not saying that's right because they never, <laughs> they never give an age in the movie. You're absolutely right. They don't, we don't have a definitive age of what Leatherface was when that movie came out. I always actually right. thought he was about 30 just based on, you know, his, his size and everything. That's fair. But, but then I, I was actually surprised when I found out Gunnar Hansen was only 26 because he looked older yeah. than that to me. <laughs> How did he look like but, that? There you go. But you can't but use that. Right. It's like saying Sydney was fucking, um, uh, Nev Campbell was 30 when they made Scream. So what are you supposed to say? Well, she was 30 in high school. So it's this, so now she's fucking 60. I don't know. No, I you're just, right. <laughs> she looks young. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was dumb. She stayed back 15 times. <laughs> no, nah, nah, I, I don't always, know. This is <laughs> what, was a better uh, they never give us an explanation, but what I said to Brian was, I, I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to take from it. I'm going to, I'm making it up as I go along. And uh, I think that after the hitchhiker got definitively killed at the end of the first one, we saw him get obliterated. And then if you go but to Texas Chainsaw 2, then he's nubbins. But he, so he was definitely dead. Uh, and then the cook is significantly older. So you, and I'm like, okay, well maybe something happened to him. And then we don't know what happened to him or grandpa. It's never mentioned, but at some point, you know, he ended up there with that woman and however old he was, it was clear he couldn't take care of himself. But honestly, Dave, I think you have a good, I, I think that, I'm actually going to go with your explanation is that he was younger because nothing tells us that he wasn't right. You know? Yeah. You can go with that. And I think people have a problem because you compare it to Michael Myers is because Michael has always sort of been superhuman. I don't think Leatherface is that 
that deal. He's just a regular kind of wild guy. So I think that's why Michael gets a pass. The pure evil, the things that John Carpenter wrote for him is what's giving him a pass. You know, the things that Loomis ran around saying, you because know, the, the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. No, okay. Uh, yeah, that and, you know, just everything Loomis said. Fair. Like, I think... And also, because what we really know about Michael, you could say that this is, you know, part two, or you could say 2018 is the new part two, but we all, we already know Michael. So when when we have to battle the idea of like, well, is would Michael be able to do this at 63 or whatever he is at this point? Like, people say, well, yeah, he's, he's the supernatural, unstoppable, blah, blah, blah. He was killed how many times, thrown down a well, dynamite, all this other stuff, hit by trucks, and he's fine. So, yeah, he would be able to. But Leatherface is very human in the sense even when he fell and the thing fell on his leg and cut his leg up, the chainsaw, he was it was a big deal to him. So he and he doesn't even come off as this indestructible guy either. And I think that's what is maybe cooler about yeah. the that you know, the whole thing. So I think, yeah, to, um, for anyone complaining about that. You don't really know his age. Don't worry about Gunnar Hansen. And like like Dave said, 30-year-olds play 16-year-olds. So we let's just go with the idea that he was 20. He could have been that big at 20 years old. So now he's, um. so was it, 50 years old? Oh, so now he's 70. Oh, yeah, but still, he, he, he didn't arrive with papers. He, he, he came upon this woman's place. We don't have to dig into it. Again, see, this is the problem, and I know Jamie disagrees with me, but this is my modern audiences are more critical on movies than they used to be in the oh yeah nobody questioned fucking friday the 13th part two and how and why jason the thing and this is we used to have all these things in slashers in the 80s that nobody questioned nowadays because of internet because everybody's a critic and everybody has seen these movies a hundred times and other analyze they're all jaded everybody nobody cannot just take a slasher movie for just some fucking fun. They can accept everything that happens in an action movie. Oh, willy-nilly. Okay, listen, <laughs> in a horror movie, because it's higher art somehow, we have to have every fucking thing uh, for podcasters and YouTubers. Everything has to be, well, this doesn't make any sense, so I don't like it. And, and the pile, I don't like the movie, and this made it even more dumb. How could he have been this age? Where the fuck were you in the 80s? I, I don't... I, no, I think we did. I always questioned how Jason pops up out of the water at the end of one, and then suddenly in two, he's this grown man. Like, what the fuck was that all about? Like, but you didn't critique it. But, Jamie, you didn't critique it and say, well, you know, I, I enjoy the movie, but what the fuck was it with that? You know what I mean? You you just, you just were along for the ride. You might have thought about that. I don't know where you... But she just, she just went along with it. She's what she went with it. Well, and I... And to be fair, I go along with this too. Like, and I've gone, I've gone along. I mean, I, well, I'm just talking from my own, my own personal thing. I, you know, as far as like how he, I made up how I thought he got into the orphanage because they didn't give it to us. And in the end, it doesn't even matter. Like, I, I, I don't care. He's, he's there. I'm going to go with that. Um, I don't, I don't, uh, I think, yeah, I, I think a lot of people do do that, but I, I don't know. I've always. I even had a movie. I was gonna make uh, fr- Friday 1.5. Point five. Yeah, you, you told yeah, us. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that was all about the journey of how the fuck it, it, Jason found Alice. Like I, because we still don't know that. I think we all do question it. Even I, I, I don't agree with you on that. Like you say, we let it go. I think that 
I think it's embraced way better, and I think people love part two, and it's held at this thing that this will never be held at, and you, and you could argue, yeah, but for the same reasons is why this will never be held anywhere, for the same reasons that part two has issues, but that was, it'll be completely disregarded and held on this holy grail, but you gotta remember, yeah, but that's Friday the 13th part two. It's like a masterpiece in horror, so it's like, this isn't. So, those things are not gonna be dismissed and then this will be elevated because the rest of it isn't as good as that. You know, so... Even great movies that other people... It's like my my top movie of fucking 2020 or whatever. This movie's great. I love this movie. It's it's this. It's that. It's it's more. It's technically sound. There's all these great things, but other people will watch the same movie, and they will critique it, and they will not get down pegged because of it. Yet these same people ask them what their top five movies are if they grew up around me. And it'll be these messed up movies, right? And yes, it's going to be movies from the 80s, maybe the 90s, where there's tons of fucking plot holes, and and they choose to overlook them. But you're going to critique what happens nowadays and you're going to use that to say that movie isn't a very good movie because right they, that they shouldn't do that right and they do i right they do and i could sit here for the next 45 minutes and i could point out things that i think are funny about this but at the end i still might say but i, I the well the truth is i did have a pretty good time watching this i when i watched this on surface level and didn't really think about it as it was happening I thought it was it was fine. It wasn't a masterpiece or anything. It's not I don't know if it's the second best one or anything like that. I didn't even think about any of that, but it's it was fine. And it, it was just it's just another entry. Is it did it seem like it's instantly going to go in my favorites? No. Did it seem like it's going to be like something I'll never watch again? No. But, you know, it's like it's it's a weird thing where I think that people don't accept new things at all. If they came out before they got into horror or whatever genre it is, they they seem to accept it more than, oh, now this guy's going to try to make a movie. Oh, they're just trying to be like this, or they're trying to be like Arnold movies. They're trying to be like Van Damme, or they're trying to be like Friday movies. They're trying to be like, you know, like they don't accept new things. Even if it's sequels to franchises they love, they don't accept them. And it's like a weird thing. And you're right. Like they don't give passes. Not like, but my point being that I'll sit here and I, I will make fun of a lot more things here, but but I am giving it the pass that, to me, it's just funny and stupid and it's just a movie. Yeah. So that's why it doesn't matter. Well, it's like I be said along to for Ryan. the ride. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's like I said to Ryan Lewis uh, on Facebook yesterday. I was like, look, dude, life is too short to be pissy about a movie where body parts are flying. Like I, it, it, like, I just don't have the time to be upset about little niggling things when it's a movie that's really mainly about the gore. And, right. And I think you can make a Venn diagram that'll be like a complete circle of people who, who criticize new films and, and give passes for old films with that are, they're going to be the same people who will, who will make the statement that nothing good comes out anymore that we don't have good horror anymore and those people are just wrong they do the same thing with music how many people say music sucks now and there's not been good music since the 90s or whatever like they're the same people who will say the same thing about these movies yeah like there's there's a cutoff to people for some reason i don't i'm not sure why but it, it's i think yeah, you those should are, be consistent well, you know, you're right. But those are the people who uh, will forget that uh, Don't Worry, Be Happy was driven into the ground when it came out. And 
like we've always had shitty we've always had shitty music along with the good music and today yeah, so. we have we have good music along with some shitty music and it's the same way with movies there's always good there's always bad you know but you know you know what the problem might have been with music i think that the popular music today is really shitty terrible correct right and the popular mu- music in the 90s was was fairly good right so i think the problem is Yes, there is still good music out there, but no one's seeking it out or, or whatever the issue might be. But it's definitely not hitting the top 40s that often. And and that might be the issue. And I think that's what is skewing that, too. Because there are sure, surely there are people making good music today. Yeah, the music industry as a whole changed. It, it, it's the post-Napster, post-streaming everything. It, it, the, the, the industry has changed and you have to you know get different music different ways now it is so i not everyone knows that but look a lot of the biggest music people are coming up through tiktok now not through traditional radio plays and everything else you know with the whole whole face of it has changed you know in soundcloud and uh, um yeah that's that's all changed and maybe you can say the same thing for movies as well you know we're not getting in the 80s we had a glut of movies in the theater we're talking and if you're talking strictly slashers we're talking sometimes two and three time two and three a weekend would drop you know and uh now it's not the same and now you you do have to go and look for things and you do have to like to to find other ways but but it's not hard it's harder. It's not in your face like it used to be. In a way, in a, but it depends on how you look at it. In a way, it's easier. All you got to do is go onto your fucking your iTunes or your this or that. New releases this week. Let's see what this yeah. did it today. Impress yeah. a button. Or go, it's all over the place. And everybody knows by now the direction things are going in, even if with physical media, with streaming and everything. If you want to watch horror movies, if someone says horror sucks, well, what did you see this year that sucked? And they named six movies that came to the theater and they didn't like any of them. I'm like, okay, are you aware that independent horror has been where it's at for fucking... That, that's what <laughs> the majority of great horror happens to be independent. Not everything, but I, we, but I mean, okay, the majority of releases is independent. That's a fact. You have to at least stretch out your legs and check it out. And, and, and you'll find that out. And that's a whole other topic, but... But that's effort. You're asking an awful lot. <laughs> but you have to be fair about the movie. Like this. I talked about that movie Leatherface. The last from 2017. I didn't like it. I gave it a, 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 a 6. A 6 out of 10 on the ratings on Exploding. I didn't like it. And I gave you the reasons why. You know what I mean? Like, And, and now this movie. And our, if there are plot holes. And if, if I can't rationalize this. And whatever reason it is. I take every movie for what it is and just and i'm not gonna let something else dictate and i hate to bring it to halloween again but halloween killed i put this post while i was still on social media i said something i thought it was one of the few wise things i've said online and i said this so people have a problem with the dialogue and the characters of halloween kill and don't like it because of it but but so you're trying to tell me that i forgot the movie damn it so you're trying to tell me madman from the fucking from 1981 had all that great stuff going for it or the burning because don't oh, no, at me and tell no. me that it had they were horrible this is what i'm saying so how come you can excuse it and say madman and the fucking burning are top 10 fucking slashers but oh madman has the worst characters and dialogue and and so does the burning that's what i'm saying so it, and i recognize that i asked for ribbed rubbers yeah <laughs> 
I give Halloween Kills a pass before I give those two a pass. Like the only the only weird thing is like the burning um, has some great iconic classic imagery, and Madman uh, I've. I've yet to really ever watch that and really enjoy it. And I've bought every version of it. Like, oh, now they corrected the color in the blue tin or whatever the fuck. <laughs> I, I bought that too. And I was like, oh, well, maybe it's better now. And It's not my favorite either. But other people love it. That's what I'm saying, you know? Oh, but no, it's got it. awful. I, I do love it. See, there you go. But it's got that great theme song and uh, yeah, and yeah. the, the uh, I don't know there are things about there are things about it that I do love. But see, I also don't complain about Halloween Kills. I loved there Halloween Kill, so you know. Well, I complain about Halloween Kill. I'm sorry, but but I, I still think it's good though. I still think it's a good movie. What about Friday the Thirteenth? What are they talking about in Friday the Thirteenth? You think the fucking dialogue is great? There, uh, I'm not gonna pass go without a without a glow. They're talking about Monopoly and fucking. They're not talking about shit in that movie. But it's fucking. Yeah, but I said that too, though. Right, and you still love it. That's what that's what I'm saying. People will. You know what I mean? They're going to knock Halloween Kills. Oh, terrible fucking dialogue. But nobody seems to talk about the fucking bad dialogue and, and take Friday the 13th down a peg because of that. They're like, oh, that's Friday the 13th, 10 out of 10. Or, you know what I mean? I No, you know what? I, I think they do. I, I When I see people rank Friday movies, I don't see part one getting very high rankings. Like, it might be fourth. But it's not hated on. Like, 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 the, like the people that hate Halloween Kills will say it's the fucking worst of the franchise. That's all I'm saying. You can't. They hurl serious insults at it. That's what I'm saying. They're not insulting Friday right. because they, I could see that it's in the middle or whatever, or they don't care. They like Jason more than than Pamela. I understand that, and I think the movies did kind of get better technically in a way in, in two, three, and four, but to a degree. So I get that, but you you get what I'm saying about how how can you, why do people excuse things in one movie but not the other? I think you should be consistent. As I think, and especially if you're doing a podcast or anything, I think you you should try to do a, a good enough job that people listening can respect your opinion, saying, "Hey, well, at least he's consistent here." Where there is no consistency these days, and that's think, the complaint, you know. I think part of the reason might be, and this is just I, I haven't actually put any real serious thought into this until just now, so I'm pulling this straight out of my ass. Uh, but I maybe. It has something to do with the fact that when Friday came out, that was a movie that was made on a shoestring budget purely to cash in on what Halloween had done and ended up becoming iconic in its own right and and, and ended up turning the, the slasher subgenre on its head. Like, honest, honestly, I give credit to sure. every slasher after that directly to Friday simply Amen. because... Halloween didn't have the violence that Friday had. So when when they started picking up on the violence, that is a direct response to Friday. I give it full credit for that. But it was also made with, they didn't even know what they were doing. He had no idea what it was about. He had a title. And he's just like, oh, let's right. do this. And he was selling the title. And he right. cranked it out and they sold that movie on the nudity and the violence. And that was it. So These people had forever to think about this. They have a whole thing to base it off of. A lot of money. They got a full franchise to build on and an, and an existing fan base that is expecting a lot. You know, back then, nobody was expecting shit, you know. Right, right. No, I was just saying, like, they have their legacy characters, their returning characters. They, they had a million things. Uh, they had a beautiful-looking Michael. They have beautiful uh, cinematographers. They have a lot that would make this easy, make an easy win. 
But then they have whatever, whoever wrote that movie, I, I don't know what's going on with it, but it is god-awful, the writing, for the, for the most part, and the rest of it's forced. Like, that whole speech Tommy gives in the beginning of that movie, oh my god, you just want to bang your head against the wall till he's done. Like, it is so forced and so unnecessary. See, and, I thought it was ugh. worse in 2018. Not to get on a whole Halloween Kills Halloween 2018. <laughs> yeah, we're not even talking about Leatherface yeah, anymore. Right. It had terrible fucking, not terrible, it had worse writing and worse dialogue oh, yeah. than, than, than 2020 did. 2020, whatever year it is. Uh, but that that's neither here nor there. I just, when it's a slasher movie, I don't expect fucking Citizen Kane. I just expect a, a, a fun slasher. I want some violence. I want some good kills. A simple story where kids show up somewhere somewhat remote and get picked off one by one and we and believe it or not, that is what we got in this back to leather back to fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That those are steering my feelings here. This is what I like about this. It's old fashioned in that way of the basic premise. You take kids, you send them to a place. That's why I like that it's remote. They said it's a dead area. They're trying to. Yeah, is it the best reason that they gave? That do you think they're going to actually rebuild something there? I don't know. Maybe an initial audience wanted to do something cool. Uh, hey, let's go to deep Texas. I hear this group has this. You never know nowadays. People want to feel important, and they say this is something secluded in its initial audience. Just, right. It is a very odd, strange premise. It really is. But, but whatever. But but think about it, Alex. This is the shit we like, and you, it's it's sad. They're far. Few and far between, we don't get these in slashers anymore where the simple premise is this. Take teens, put them in a remote area, and get them picked off one by one in good fucking gory fashion, creative deaths. And then and, and that's what we get here, and that's what I like. Right. Yeah, I don't know why people care so much that it's a dumb premise. I, I cannot say it's not dumb. It's dumb. But I don't care. Like, okay, well, that's why they're there. Okay, good. So let's go. And then now I want to see what you're going to do with it. You know, like, that's my thought of it. I don't think it's a good premise, but let's see what you do with it from that point on. And, and right, they did right by that, you would say, right? I mean, compared to, like, other slashers that have been out the last 10 years, I'm not even including Halloween, but how many times have we complained there's no good slashers anymore? Then you get something classic. Well, this is it. Remote location. Kids getting picked off. What do you want? Uh, yeah. Well, um, yeah, I think for the for the most part, it is fine in that sense and i guess what are people getting hung up um so okay so people don't even like leatherface they're saying he wasn't scary now to me i thought he was great i i loved the way he looked i thought the way he was shot was great uh though taking that old lady's face i thought was strange but i guess that's his way of being close to her like the way he was smelling her clothes so i think i think mark burnham brought it you know he did really good I, the only thing I thought was le- weird about Leatherface, and I guess you could argue it's been 50 years, but I don't think Leatherface from part one would have been as cunning enough to start a chainsaw behind Tarp and like creep over to another side. And then when the girl comes, he'd go jump out and get her. That doesn't He doesn't seem as crafty as that back then in 74, but then you could argue, yeah, but in 50 years, maybe he's not... Like the way Jonathan Orr said, mentally retarded Leatherface. Like maybe he's really not mentally retarded. Who knows what was going on with that? Maybe he was just neglected and afraid of his brothers. Right. We don't really know he's retarded. Nobody saw his face and saw the actual has Down syndrome. So he could have just been like those that the, the kids who were raised with wolves or whatever. You know, like we don't really know the capacity. He seemed in every way a little smarter in this movie. 
And it, could it be his age? I mean, in 50 years, you can't learn anything? No. <laughs> so maybe it does work. But some people argue he was too smart in this movie. Maybe they took liberties, but that, that's not the end of the world. I mean, it's not... No, it still doesn't matter. For one one little trap he set, we're going to make like this sucks? So why do you think this old lady hid his chainsaw into a wall? And, and how did he know... She did that. So what was the... Like, was that so strange? She hit his chainsaw on a wall? Well, probably assumed he was a criminal and took pity on him and said, we got to do something with this fucking chainsaw. Hide the evidence. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's funny, like, though. I'm getting that shit back out. <laughs> when it happened, I thought he hid it there. But I, I think you, what you're saying makes sense. She would have been the one to put it. I thought maybe he always had it and he, he hid it from her. But he, I th- honestly, what you're saying, I think, is better. Right. Well, here's the thing. Now, let's get, let's say something positive. So, her whole uh, character arc, she's anti-guns because she was in a school shooting. Um, so, her arc is what exactly? That she she eventually w- went and saw the other side of it and used a gun to kill Leatherface? Like, is that a good character arc or would it have been better if, like, she she didn't do anything to help her friends when the, that shooting and she could have or something. And then now this is her chance to like grow balls and save, save her sister or whatever. Like, wouldn't that have been maybe a better arc and they could have utilized that school shooting that way. Like she did something cowardice. You know, we don't really know what happened in that school shooting. I think it's just survivor's guilt, really. So I don't think, and, and you know, I think you're... I see what you're saying is like, you know, if she had done something and then this would be her opportunity to redeem herself. Right. right. I think that it still is her opportunity to redeem herself, but because she feels that she says she feels this pressure to do something special with her life because she survived and nobody else did. And they were the special ones. Why didn't she, you know, she should have died or what if she's got straight up survivor's guilt. So I think that, it kind of does give her that, though, but by, by because she can now step up and save somebody else, or you know, at least for a minute, um, <laughs> then then uh, it can. That is the maybe that is the special thing that she was supposed to do with her life is is you know she can see it that way you know like oh save her sister for four hours yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> for like four minutes. Um, but you know I, yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying. If she had done something there that maybe she regretted, then now well, there would be her chance to. But I think she does She does have that regret. It's just different. She just regrets surviving. So this still gives her the chance to kind of prove that her life is meant for something. In her, in her eyes, you know. Well, she did get shot, right? We saw the bullet hole. Yeah. Yeah. So I was going to ask, did they allude to it that maybe she didn't step up and do anything and she was a bit of a pussy uh, with the school shooting situation, but now she finally sh- showed showed some gumption and got up and took action and did it. But I don't think she... How could you say that she was a pussy if she got shot and she went down? So right. there's no redemption. I'm saying, wouldn't it have been better if that was the, the plot device to this, to, to the arc? I think, I think it may have helped, but truly, I think... The arc was, okay, not so much the seats but I think if there is any statement to be made here that people want to say woke or not woke or whatever the hell, I think it's tolerance. Because I think the conversation she has at first with Richter in the garage 
when she says, what is it like to be a nihilist? I almost think that's her sister talking through her. Like she is, has adapted this persona. She has a chip on her shoulder and survivor guilt, like Jamie said. And her sister's a little more outspoken about it than she is. So I think she's kind of taking on that persona a little bit when she meets somebody who may be on the other side of the political fence on certain things. I think she says that to him. And then immediately he, he comes back and he has a, a fair retort to that. And he goes, well, it's this and this. He goes, I'm from the, I'm from Texas. I forgot what the reason he said, but she just kind of like raised her eyebrows. She didn't come back. She was like, hmm, okay. So I think it was just like, and then she began like a little bit of a, um, a, a, a more of a friendship with him. And I think that by the end of the movie, she did what she had to do to survive. But I think it's, it's more like tolerance. Like his sister, her sister was intolerant. Obviously Dante is intolerant in his ways as well. So I think, if anything comes out of this movie, it's just like, hey, you know what? Maybe listen to the reasons of other people as to as to why, and maybe you'll learn something instead of just coming in feeling this way about all these topics and not being so fueled with, I want to argue with everybody. I want everyone to think exactly like I do instead of listening to what the other side has to say peacefully. And this is me to a T as a person. I'm like, because I'm, yeah. again, I'm in the middle of everything. So I have no side. But I think maybe if there was a statement to be made, if, I don't know, I would say it's tolerance. And I think that's kind of cool if that's what they meant to no, do. I, I think you're exactly right. Because when we first meet Richter, he is toting a gun. He's driving a big truck. He's rolling coal. As he's driving down the street, like he blasts them with his exhaust. So right. he he is initially painted as a jerk off redneck. Like that's, I guess, how we're supposed to see him. But honestly, when he responded to her and said why, he's like, look, you know, we have a big feral hog problem here. And that's actually a real story, by the way. There is a guy wow. who, who wants to, <laughs> he's saying that he needs to be able to own his AR-15 because he has 30 to 50 feral hogs running through his yard. All, like this is a, you can look it up. And I think that they nodded to that on purpose, but he says, you know, we, when he says we have a big feral hog, hog problem here, that to me, I immediately fell in love with his character right then because I was like, I, I see what you're doing here and I see that you're doing, you're saying, you're, you're showing us that you can't judge people or you should not judge people on one thing, one outward thing that you see. And if you do, and you think you're the, in the right, which these are the kind of people who and they come off as the kind of people who think that they're in the right, who think that they are, you know, they're the good people. But then if you then turn around and judge somebody else based on one thing and you have no idea what the background is of that, like they have no idea why he's carrying a gun and you make judgment on him for that, you are the asshole. Like, and I think that's what, that's exactly what this film is illustrating is that, yeah, you have to be tolerant and you have to take the time to understand what's going on in somebody else's life before you judge them. And, um, it's just like, okay, like there, there was a kid who, uh, was several years ago, he was wearing a Nazi jacket and somebody beat him up. And I was like, but now, and I don't know, like, I didn't. I didn't know what his history was, but this is my thing. What if he was a homeless kid and he found that jacket and he was freezing and that's the only thing that he had and he put it on because he was cold and then someone came up and didn't know anything about him, didn't ask him anything 
didn't say, hey, why are you wearing a swastika? But just proceeded to punch him in the head. Who do you think is the worst person in that scenario? Right. And as much as I dislike Nazis and I fucking hate Nazis, I still like to understand people before I judge them. I still like to try to see where they're coming from. And another movie that I think is excellent for that is American History X. You know, Amen. Um, it's we have it's it's important, I think, as human beings to understand whether where another human being is coming from before you pass judgment. And if you think that you are the righteous one and that your way is the only way and you proceed to pass judgment on somebody else, that doesn't make you righteous. And right that's, on, that's, sister. That's, that's the way I see it, you know, but tolerance. Yeah. No, but you're smart. Age is not. See, that's wisdom that should be imparted on to other people that don't have it, is that tolerance is very important. I just saw a recent episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. I don't know if you guys watch it. If, if you don't, fucking watch it because it's awesome. So I, I just rifled through the whole show uh, these last uh, maybe two months. And there's an episode. Larry David is a Jewish man. And something happens uh, at one point, And it's a comedy, of course. But I mean... Something happens where he, I forgot what the situation was, but there were Klansmen, white power people that were having a rally in, in Los Angeles where he lives or whatever, and they have the right to do that, right? But something's going on, and he did something, damn it, I wish I could remember, my memory's awful, but he did something that actually, a guy was walking down the street, I think he spilled coffee, he did something where he spilled something, and he ruined this guy's clansman's outfit. Not the hood part, but everything else. I think it came with a built-in hood. <laughs> so Larry David, being a Jewish man, has a discussion with this guy and says, I'm going to take this to, this was my fault. He goes, I'm going to take this to the cleaners and get it clean. And he took it to the cleaners and the cleaners were Jewish and they wouldn't do it. And he was this and he goes, if he, he's explained to them, listen, he goes, I may not like what he stands for or what he's saying and this and this, but this was still my bad. And I want to be the bigger person and get this thing cleaned and, and bring it back to him. And again, th that was just one aspect of the show. But I liked that he did that. You're just stooping down to their level if you give them back to him. And well, I'm not saying exactly friends, but they respected each other enough, even though they were completely as far away as you can be, uh, you know, as to their beliefs. Of course, there was still a bit of mutual respect. I did this. I broke this. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to hand you your Klansman's thing back and not be a jerk off about it. And I saw that on the show and I was like, man, I wish more people were that tolerant because all you're doing is adding fuel to the fire by continuing. That's right. On. That's right. I mean, if I see here, okay, <laughs> if I see a kid, say he's like a 15 year old kid and he were to, I would to come in contact with him at work or whatever. And he has like a big swastika tattoo. Does Is it more productive for me to hate him and call him names and throw things at him and hit him? Or is it more productive for me to say, hey, why do you why do you feel this way? And, you know, what happened? And then by talking to him, I might even find out that he has that tattoo from years ago and he doesn't feel that way anymore. But he hasn't been able to afford to get it removed or something. I mean, my point is, you don't know. And right. And you're only going to make things worse by casting hate automatically. And that that doesn't heal anything. 
in order right. to in order to heal we have to understand and we have to be we have to be willing to talk and that's how people come around is from other people being nice to them from other people getting to know them and understanding them and showing them they, that they care that heals hate doesn't heal no i feel pity i don't feel angry i don't feel hatred when i see things that are that much i just pity that person and i and i hope that you know i i hope the best for them and hope that they come out of that type of mentality because hate on, on any side of any fence is wrong all i want to see is tolerance and, and i pity people that don't have it anyway well what a deep show holy shit <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, and I honestly, I honestly feel like those people are far more miserable. The people who hate everything automatically, you know, I, I think that just leads to your life, misery in your own life. That's a line. That's dude. That's the line for American History X, and I put that up as a Facebook status once, and I love that line. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it, but he says basically when um, the teacher whatever his name is, comes and sees him in the hospital after he got, you know, gang raped in jail and beat up and everything. And they started, be, this is what began their friendship. When the, the black man comes to, you know, the white supremacist and talks to him and he asks him, he says, has any of this that you're involved in hatred? I forgot what he said, but he goes, has any of this made your life any more enjoyable or any more whatever? I forgot what the term was, but, and then he just broke down crying because that's the, that's oh, the fact. Right? That Am I right though? Oh, I no, know. You're right. It's so yeah, that, that, is it oh better? God. Yeah, it's one of my. It's top twenty movie for me. Period. But uh, that's what he asks him. He goes, "Has <laughs> this made your life any better or any easier?" I forgot what it was, and he broke down crying. He, he said, "No." He shook his head and he cried. That's the truth. And you, and you know what it took. You know what it took. And he was like a. He was a leader. He was a fucking hardcore Nazi in the in their group. Right. Uh, yeah, the hardest. And right. it it took one person to care one person to talk to him and find out what was really going on for him to change his life that's all it took and if we can just do that with each other things can get better and jesus christ i'm crying on the texas chainsaw review i'm sorry Um, (laughs) who would have thought the texas chainsaw review the woke movie was gonna lead to this uh, i'll tell you what i actually cried in the movie too i twice i cried when rick I, i cried when richter got killed and because uh, that fucking tore my heart out, it really did. Um, plus, and it was brutal. And then, and then I, I cried at the end when Melody apologized, because that to me right there was the, the the pinnacle of her character arc when she apologized to Leatherface, and that just broke me down. She's like, "Sorry about your mom." Well, and she's like, We're, "I'm sorry about what we did to your mama. She didn't deserve that." And I just, I was like, "Oh my god!" You know. It, Anyway, um, so yeah, for people who say that this movie has, because I've heard that too, that this movie has no character development, that this movie has not, you know, I, I don't see that at all. I really don't. I'm just glad that Leatherface accepted her apology. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, wait, he cut her head off. Sorry. Tolerance. That's the message. <laughs> Leatherface became tolerant. <laughs> I totally forgot he cut her head off. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Well, yeah, let's get to the gore, because that is the standout thing. So, uh, the gore. So, the only one I didn't think was amazing, but it was great to see it, because I, unlike Jamie, I'm not as forgiving to this girl. I hate her, and I loved her head getting cut off, but it looked a little green screenish. So, I, I wasn't obsessed with it. Uh, I would think it'd be better looking these days, but it was okay. It was still funny. 
Now you got the 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 white girl in the cop car. Now I like the way that was shot. Um, the kill I wasn't ha- that thrilled about. What do you do? Just stab her in the stomach, right? So that was he that sliced great. her stomach with uh, with the glass. Great scene though. But great scene. And I'll tell right. you why great scene. Because typically in any other horror movie, I was waiting for him to come and waiting and waiting and waiting. As soon as she turned around and he dragged and he looked and okay, and you see that he was dragging the body behind him, I guess it was his mother or the cop, whoever it was. He pulled him back and I'm thinking, okay, they're gonna make it look like she thinks that she got away with it. She's gonna turn her head real quick. Bing, musical sting and, and Leatherface is gonna kill her. Now, sadly, eventually that did happen, but the way they pulled it off, it didn't happen right away. They did this, they did that. She went to get the gun, and I was thinking, as I'm watching this part, I'm hoping that she's actually going to get away and run in the fields and just die later. And then I, would, I go, that would have been, it would have gone against type, and I would have loved it. But still, it was still different than we're used to seeing. So I just yeah, give it a yeah. Their use of the rear view, the side mirrors was great. Yeah. You know, because there's, there's such a limited view there. And then you even got to see him cut the mom's face off and yes. put it on. Oh, how about that bit where she's on the radio and she's like, he's wearing her face. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then and then Stephen Scott heard it in the convenience store and then he, like, uh, told <laughs> Sally Hardison. Oh, and that's my problem <laughs> with the movie. How did and you guys are going to correct me, I hope. But how did Sally Hardison know where to go? when she pulled up at the end of the movie. Like, I understand the CB call came in, but I didn't think she gave her location, and that's not, and she wasn't in the right location anyway. So how did Sally know where to go at the end of the movie? Did I miss well, something? Supposedly, the only thing I'm going to say is that when the sheriff, when she said who she is, she goes, oh, yeah, everyone's heard about you. So Sally must have heard about it, right, if everyone did? The store guy is the one who called her, so and he knew who they were. Right, yeah, he knew, he knew, right, right, right. And he knew where Um, they were going. So So it's not a complaint, thank you. And Well, and my only question was how did she find him on the side of the road, but I honestly think that as she was driving, she saw the spot where they drove drove off the road through the sunflowers, and then she just followed that, you know. That's that's my guess there. Cool. Right, so then you get Dante. That was cool, the use of the door swinging, and you see a little bit, each time and it, like your your view is obscured um him walking away and the guy's like hey what are you deaf i'm talking to you and he's like don't walk away from me and he goes hey you okay because <laughs> he starts walking funny and then when he turns around and his face is like hanging all crazy like that was great and then even the guy was like uh what's oh, his name shit. tucker or whatever richter oh richter yeah he's like oh shit he's like uh Huh, stay with me, pal. And he helped. You know, and all this. Yeah. Right, right, right. So that was that was great. Yeah, and well, once again, cementing the fact that he is a good guy, you know. Right. He, he cradled him in his arms. He held his hand. And then he's like, stay with me, stay with me. Don't let go. Don't let go. Like he, and then he immediately jumped up and took his gun and went to go see what the hell is going on. This is a good guy. Like he's, he's a straight up hero. And unfortunately, he didn't get to be a hero. But, um... He, oh my God, seriously, his death. Oh, Jesus. Uh, but uh, but as far as Dante's, I really like the fact that, uh, you know, you thought he was dead because you didn't actually see what happened to him, uh, like, in, until you got that full face 
view. So I thought he had hit him in the side of the neck and he had bled out, like when he was Me laying too. on the floor. And then when he got up, I thought it was his shoulder. Um, well, that's what Brian said too. But I, th- the amount of blood, I thought maybe he just took his artery or something. But then when he got up and started walking out, and you didn't see, you only saw the back of him until Richter turned him around. I thought that reveal was phenomenal because yep. his when he turns around and his jaws hanging off, I was just like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was that was really good for for a guy we didn't weren't invested and in, don't care about. It was good, still an impact. You know what? And even then, I felt bad for him. Like even though I thought he was a dick, when I saw him like that, it my heart sank because that is a, that's horrible and no one deserves that. You know, right? So let's get to um, Richter. So he he's up. He goes upstairs. He confronts the Leatherface. He gets his leg bashed with, like, a sledgehammer, and it fucking folds like a chicken's leg. And, like, right there, you're like, you're like, oh, well, I guess you're done with this fight. But no, he somehow still pushes Leatherface into the window. And then there's, like, a shard of glass sticking out. He gets it, that stuck into his head, falls to the ground, sees the girl under the bed, so he lets, make sure she knows where the keys are. Um, so then Leatherface takes that sledgehammer and bashes his skull in until it's, like, nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Jamie, pulp. I know you cried. But... No, yeah, it was bloody pulp. I, w- I was, I was bawling, and then at the same time, I was going, oh, oh, you know, and <sighs> also, like, Melody's reaction from under the bed. Like, I thought that she sold it really well. Yeah, a lot of the kills had reactions, which is good, like... Dante's had a reaction when the people saw him. This girl saw Richter's kill. Um, the blonde, ha- there was no reaction to that, but at least we felt like we were with her in that moment. So that was a good payoff. And then everyone on the bus, I, I think they only cared about themselves. I don't know if they really... I mean, the first kill, I definitely had a reaction. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so at least you got to see a lot of the impact of this stuff. Instead of it being, like, just in the middle of nowhere. Like, one could argue a lot of the Friday 13th kills have no reaction. Because people get dispatched when... Like, Jason could literally get to the last two people, and they don't even know anyone's dead. Right. So at least this... This had that uh, had that feeling. Um, to see someone else's reaction, it kind of it bring, reminds you that... Although it's a movie, you're supposed to take this ride with it, you know? Now, the one of the reviewers, um, he said that the only complaint with the gore is the use of CG, and he said if CG stuff bothers you, you're going to be annoyed like a motherfucker, because it is everywhere. Disagree. <laughs> yeah, I did not notice anything besides the head-cutting-off kill Yep. with uh, obvious CG. Yeah, I didn't either, and... Uh... I was even talking to Brian because oh, we were watching Drum Dums and he was talking about he, he by the way, loved it. <laughs> um, but we were talking about um, the, the girl who got cut in half on the bus window, the, the banker that had tried to climb out. And I was oh, like, I, love her. I was like, what's CG in that part? And then Brian's like, all of her guts that come falling out. And I was like, you know what? You I, didn't even no- I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice. It didn't bother. I didn't me. notice either. It didn't bother me in the least. Nothing nope. CG bothered me in this movie. Like, Dave, was she hot? Boy, was she. I thought she was really yeah. pretty. Yeah. Her I figure it. was incredible. Too. Uh, I'm going to say, though, um, the whole bus driver 
and her moment with him in the door, it, it was kind of flat, right? Why? Here's my other big question. Why did he stop the bus? They said, get away, get away, and they're, they're driving. Why the hell did he stop and get out? They made no... He, I thought maybe he hit something. I rewound that scene three times. I'm like, yeah, did, did, did he something not? happen? No. They, there was a musical sting. It was a noise that was made when they showed Leatherface in that alley, and it went, ee! And I thought maybe at first... That was the noise of a bus like scraping over something on the street, and that's why he stopped. But they they didn't allude to it, and nothing was said about it. He stopped at the bus in the middle of a panic. Literally, when they're saying, get the fuck out, there's a killer, let's go. Why would the guy stop the bus and walk outside? That pissed me off. <laughs> I assumed that Leatherface did something to the tire or something, but I didn't see it. I, I but show I, us. You know, I was just... <laughs> No, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, anything I took from that, I put there myself. You know, <laughs> so yeah, they didn't yeah. give us they didn't give us anything. And that guy, apparently, the bus driver, is he a mute? Like, I don't. Did he <laughs> does not have his SAG card because he's just not saying a word? <laughs> right, he didn't have his SAG card. That's definitely the answer because um, the, the, that's the reason the scene felt so flat to me. I'm like, well. How come no one's saying anything? He was a set designer. It was last minute. Yeah, we threw him in. <laughs> Plus, he's like apparently narcoleptic too because he's taking him <laughs> on the steering wheel in the middle of all of this. I mean, if somebody comes right. running into the bus and says, "Close the door, close the door, close the door," and then you're going to take a nap, like what are you doing? <laughs> he's in the wrong franchise. This should be a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They fall asleep all the time. <laughs> Even that felt flat to me. Like her coming in and saying. Close the door. Just, just close it, or whatever she said. I was like, "Well, aren't you gonna mention that the guy who's hosting this whole thing just had his face <laughs> split wide open right over there?" Like, I, I'm not understanding this. Like, it was, it felt very disjointed in that way. And then the lack of talking of him going out there. I was just like, "What's, what is it with this bus and these people? How come nobody's talking?" You're right. You like, should have said Dante's dead. Get the fuck out. He just got murdered. Right. But then there might have been questions. Well, how is he dead? Who murdered him? What are we going to do now? Should we call the cops? Maybe that's why. I, I don't know. It... Well, then you go. It doesn't fucking matter. Drive. That's way. <laughs> that's your response. Yeah, but no, he couldn't drive at that point. They didn't even have the keys. Where did the keys oh. come from? The bus driver didn't have keys. Uh, Rick, Richter took them. He hey, by the way. Where did that thing come from? Did they actually have a fucking um, a, 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 a bottle opener with a chainsaw on top of it? Or was I seeing things? She bought it from the convenience store that had all the I Chainsaw Texas. Um, it's like the okay. I Heart New York, but I Heart I Chainsaw Texas. that had all the like T-shirts oh, and everything. And I she gave that. that. She bought that for her sister. And she's like, this is for this is in the very beginning. She's like, this is for your champagne later on. And she's like, oh, well, you know, champagne doesn't require a corkscrew. Right. So I remember that. OK, I just forgot. I didn't realize that it was a chainsaw corkscrew. OK. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And then she poured gas all around the place. And then. um, Yeah. OK. After she stole it from the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, asshole. No, the, she didn't. No, she stole the gas to make extra money. <laughs> yeah. They're unemployed bikers. Instead of selling drugs and, and shit, they sell fucking gas cheap like Indian reservations, you know? <laughs> That's how they make a living. Oh, man. Anybody oh. who doesn't, who is not in an old school 
uh, skeleton crew listener is not going to get that at all. <laughs> Episode 103. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I gotcha. So how hilarious was it when Melanie was knocked off the stairs and fell through the floor? <laughs> That was good. Oh, that was brilliant. Yeah, I, I love that I was he, like, oh. I love that he did that. Like he slung that thing at her and knocked her down and then just turned around and walked back upstairs. He's like, fuck you, I don't have time for this. I got shit to do. Yeah. I'm gonna go fuck around in my mom's room and use her makeup. Yeah, why didn't he put the dress on? I thought when he took the dress off the thing, the whole implication was gonna be that he was gonna put it on. Because in part one, that's what he did do. He did dress yeah. up female for dinner. So I thought why would did you get did any? Did you think that Jamie that he was going to put on that dress when he took it off? I did, I did, okay. and then I guess it was just, and that was actually that's actually one of uh, Brian's big issues with the movie. His only big issue with the movie is the treatment of Leatherface because he feels like that they don't really bring any of the characterization that he had from the first movie to this movie. You know, like with his squeals and his panicking and his like uh, his whole like not knowing what to do and running around and being confused, and also yeah, but do they the ever- fact. And also the fact that he wore, you know, three different faces and he wore the dress at one point. Like, he didn't do any of that here. But I guess what they were giving us was, I do kind of like the fact that he took it, you know, he sat down with it, he smelled it, and then he started crying. Like, it, that was just a, a moment, I guess, to to give us the impression that he loved her. But yeah, I was expecting him to put it on. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But, oh well. But... Yeah, after the scene of her under the floor, and then her sister, like, comes and saves her, why the fuck does no one on that bus go, oh, you smell like shit, what the fuck? I said the same thing, because, you know, (laughs) and and actually, after he saw through the pipe and it dumped all over her, and I was just like, oh, you know... I was like, oh. Then uh, I was like, well, at least it's raining. You know, so she goes outside and it's raining. But she still, when she gets on the bus and her sister hugs her. And I was like, oh. Oh. Yeah, that rain ain't (laughs) going to clean you off that well. It's not a car wash. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, it's weird. Um, So, yeah, we get this mega scene in the bus. You could like it or not. It's if you... It's a fun thing. Yeah, I get people have a problem with, oh, I'm going to cancel you. But, That's the but fun he of killed it. that guy. Right. That's it. You're supposed to be happy. And keep this in mind. He thinks, this, now think about it. Think about the reason these people are here. There's a bunch of influencers at this get together. So when they see this guy, who else is going to be there except more than likely another influencer? So he probably thinks this is a YouTube guy or this or that or anything. So it would make perfect sense to for one influencer to say that to another. If you do anything, <laughs> you're going to get canceled. That's why it makes sense to me. And, and it's fine. And he gets killed. It's fine. Yeah. Plus, we have the uh, the reactions from people watching their live stream who were like, "Oh, awesome. that looks that looks fake," you know, which is very that. realistic, you know. Uh, I I, yes. I think it's a little heavy-handed, but at the same time, it's fun as hell. Like that seat right there is something we've never gotten from Leatherface before. We've never gotten to see him tear through twenty people at once, just body parts everywhere, blood spraying. We've never had that, and that was great. Yeah. It's what you think a, leather, a Texas Chainsaw would be, but it never was. True. <laughs> it's finally here, and it's like, yeah, but he said the thing about canceled. I don't like it. It's like, oh, oh I love it. Fuck them people that would say that. Right. Meanwhile, that's why you should like it more. 
but okay. Right. Um, so uh, let, now we, I guess we'll get to Sally Hardestine's things. So yeah, this was a, a total. She, she's, she's t- totally trying to be Lori. She's like, I waited fifty years for this. Like, and and it's funny because her, she would be the Lori of two thousand eighteen more than Lori would be. Like, what she went through was far more traumatic than what Lori went through. Lori really went through almost nothing. Like the she. She went into the house when he walked up and stabbed him in the neck, and then he broke through the door. She stabbed him in the chest. He fell, and then he strangled her, and that is it. And her brother was killed right in front of her while she was pushing him in a wheelchair. Sawing his stomach wide open. And so, like, she is more legitimate of that character than Lori, but... Yeah, but we don't. We just don't buy it anymore. I think it, too much time has passed, and it's not the real person. So yeah, I think the entire thing works. First and foremost, your first point about waiting fifty years. I mean, if it were any of us at that age, and 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 three of our friends and our brother were killed, you would of course, and you escaped them. You would of course one day hope to be able to exact your revenge on them. Would you make it your life's mission like maybe Lori in 2018? No, but that wasn't really what she was doing. She just carried on with her life, didn't even talk about it for years. I, I think they played the card right. I thought they may have overplayed it in Halloween 2018, where this, it was more true to life. That's that's just my one point. But the second point is, I think she wanted to make sure that he remembered, that he remembered that... So he knows why he's getting killed yeah, right now. Yeah, so, okay, you did this. Fuck you, buddy. Now now it's your time. That's what I do. Yeah. I don't know. Jimmy. I want you to know why you're killing me. I want you to know who I am. Well, she said this is for Franklin and Joey and Joe and Tommy and, and Nick and all these people. And it's like, he's like, uh, okay. And he just gets up and like walks away. <laughs> and it's funny because she's, she's carrying the picture that the hitchhiker took and then burned up on in, in their van. Like how does she? How does she have this picture? That's the one he set on fire. I thought that, but he did take more than one picture. He took the one picture just of Franklin the first time, and then burned it. But didn't he take? Didn't he take a few pictures? Or am I wrong? I could be wrong, and I could just be hoping, you know, and filling in the blank myself because I, I I thought it was a nice touch that it was a Polaroid, and who would have taken it? But maybe you're right, and I'm wrong. I don't know. You guys have better memories than me. I don't remember now that you're, you're saying two pictures. I don't remember that. Okay. I do know you, that you the could one be right. he burned up was Franklin. That was a picture of strictly Franklin. Because that's why Franklin was freaking out. You know, he was just like, oh, I burned up my picture. Why do you think he burned up my picture like that? And it wasn't a, an hour picture like that. It was a my picture like that. Oh, okay. So we don't... It could have been contrived. I don't know. I mean, and maybe it was, but it didn't I bother me. It, though. I thought yeah, it was a nice touch yeah. that it's a Polaroid because yeah. the fans, oh, that's for us again. And it's from the same angle as that guy. Right. 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 So it's cool. So what do you think of like her being about as prepared as Lori was? Like in 2018, Lori acts like she has this whole thing where she, Michael has no chance because I set this whole house up in such a way. And meanwhile, he's like fucking pulling her fucking face into the front door over and over again until she like, and he's like strangling her until she like angles the gun and blows his fingers off. Like just horrible planning. And, uh, this girl, 
Uh, I don't know, like, what was going on here, but the, basically Leatherface impaled her on his chainsaw. It just keeps on, like, rrr, 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 and she's just, like, fucking dead. And it's just like, okay. <laughs> and it, it, like, some people are saying, like, that's disrespectful to her character, especially, like... No! No. Because, I don't no, think so. Sally, if I'm not mistaken, landed those two, well, what we thought at the time, well, she passed on the wisdom, like Jamie said, to help this girl overcome and not run anymore, so she passed that on to her, but she also shot Leatherface twice, which was kind of a big deal at the time, because had she not done that, so she still had that moment where in her mind, before she died, maybe she thinks, I killed Leatherface. I, I got what I wanted, I got these shots off, they connected, down he went, and I imparted this wisdom onto this person. So I think that ends well for her, plus we get a great gory death, which I always love. We want to see that. I'm fine. I don't care about respecting it. I'm sorry. Just, I don't. Did anyone <laughs> complain about fucking when Laurie Stroh got killed in Resurrection? Oh, that's disrespectful. Oh, yeah. I thought it was fuck. Anytime that happened, you never see it. So I think it's fucking great. Even though I like the character, love the character, it's still good to see that's real life, man. That would happen. So it happened. They got, right, they got fucking whacked. So be it. She had a fucking, like, three footballs worth of a hole through her body, and she still loaded a gun for you and gave it to you. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, how the fuck? I couldn't even get a gun loaded if somebody, like, smashed my foot with a hammer. I'd be in so much pain. I'd be like, I loaned that fucking gun, dude. This girl was sitting... Yeah, she was sitting on the end of a chainsaw, and she loaded a gun. <laughs> Oh, uh, and you know what's so great about that? Like, there was this one, like, really surreal moment where, like, he he throws her into the trash, and then that car crashes that the two girls are in, and she just looks over, and I thought she looked over, and she was looking at them, and, like, everything was going black, and she's like, wow, so those girls are, those girls are dead, I, I didn't do anything. Like, I went to do this, and none of it worked out. Leatherface won. He's even going to kill them, and this is, and I'm dead. And wow, what a bleak moment. But instead, she's still alive. Yeah. It, I, I almost think that's more shocking than fucking that cop in Halloween Kills, how he survived getting stabbed in the throat and getting run over by both tires of a cop car <laughs> at his age. <laughs> He's still alive. Like, nothing happened in the hospital. And it's like, I used to think that was crazy, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just like a pussy or something. That No, no, that's the gimmick of this movie. Three people come back from the dead. I've never seen a movie like this where three people fucking, you think they're dead and they come back. Dante, I thought he was dead. I'm like, by all, right. you know, the guy slices in the neck, whatever, boom, guy's dead. He gets up. Yeah. At first, I'm pissed off. I don't like when they do that in movies, but it was worth <laughs> it for the payoff. And then, who was the second person that we thought was dead and came back? Was it? Oh, no, no. You know, Sally and Dante and uh, a third? Um... And they came to afterwards the same way he came to in the same oh, way. Oh, was, was it the cop in the van? Because that got shot. Yes. When the driver it was the cop in the van. Three yeah. times in the same fucking movie. Now, I always think it, I don't like it. And I think, especially like Daniel Harris's character in fucking the first Halloween, even the second. I'm like, what the fuck is it going to take to kill this girl? She keeps coming back. But anyway, this is the only movie I could think of where three times it happens. So I think, you know. It's almost part of the gimmick of this movie. People keep coming back from the dead. I don't know why, but 
I, again, I thought it was respectfully done with fucking Sally. Everything about it. And honestly, even if Marilyn Burns would have still been playing the part, I would have won. I would not have wanted one fucking thing to be changed. I loved the way the Sally Hardesty character was used in this film. It wasn't over. It wasn't over the top. It was like 20% of the film instead of fucking 80 with Laurie in 2018. I, that's why I like it. You could have done the stereotypical thing and done this, but they didn't. They, I think it was sprinkled in just the right amount, but that's me. Wow. Well, the movie's so short that it doesn't seem like a problem. You know, like everything happens at a clip here. Well, it makes me wonder, too, what exactly hit the cutting room floor? Like, what's missing from this movie? Because, you know, they didn't set out to make a movie that was an hour and 15 minutes long. So something is missing. And I'm curious if it's more, is it more Sally? Is it more stuff that just didn't matter? Is it like something had to be edited out of this? Like, I just don't buy that this is all they made. Right. <laughs> right. It does seem like a very, uh, like what they filmed this in like 11 days. It's a, it's real short for that. But okay, so let's get to, so in the end, um, <clears throat> the, the sister gets knocked out or whatever by Leatherface. She's going to grab the gun and then she can't or whatever. I forgot what even happens as far as that. Um, but I think she shoots him or something, but he, oh, he goes in the water with the girl. Then she comes out. I don't know what was going on there, but then, the the sister at the end hits the one we hate hits him in the face at the, with the tip of the chainsaw then he gets knocked into the water and then that's the end of him which i found weird i i would think like maybe if they showed his his jaw getting sawed off or something that would at least sell that to me but he just kind of gets <clears throat> hit with the tip of it but he was shot twice so it, it did kind of humanize him and i thought about that when it happened i'm like so that's going to be it and then I said to myself after that, I'm like, well, he did get shot twice, and he is just a human, so... And he fell in water, I guess, so he's drowning too. Rule I mean, in real horror, life, that works. The rule of horror says if you don't see it happen, it didn't happen. Like, or as far as when it comes to deaths, you know? Well, he sank in the water, didn't he? Or did yeah, he float? Yeah, but that's the... This is me. When I'm watching a horror movie, if someone ap- appears to drown or even get blown up, if I don't see the body burning and I don't see them actually dead from drowning, I don't count it. Like, they're going right. to come out. You know? Oh, and I honestly, though, they surprised me with the very ending because I expected them to get... I really did expect they were going to get away because usually when you're in the car, you're safe. So I, I really did expect them to get away. And then I thought we would get an after credit sequence, you know, of him climbing out of the hole or something you know just something indicating that he was still alive but i did not expect what we got and that was that was amazing I and instead it. we get this hilarious scene of a car on autopilot <laughs> that's driving itself while the girl gets out of the moon roof and looks at her sister get her head cut off and the car's just going somehow and just like Sally at the end of part one with the with the dude driving the truck and she's looking at Leatherface right. laughing right. and then he even swings the chainsaw yes. around like the original with her head the big touch <laughs> right and the big touch here was that this time the chainsaw goes right into your camera view and then it ends there <laughs> which by the way apparently that was the actual chainsaw from the original movie what? That's what I heard. That's what that's what I heard. Wow. I think I think I want to say 
No, I want to say Drum Dums said it. And um, wow, I hadn't heard that before. But then I was like, oh, well, that's fucking cool if it's true. Like, And I haven't honestly to, you know, and for transparency, I have not looked it up myself. I'm going by what he said. But if that's true, I think that's cool. Yeah. When he dragged her ass out of the car, I was just like, holy shit. I did that a lot in this movie, though. I, I really was just... I had such a good time. I had so much fun. With I, <clears throat> I just had a flashback. Wasn't that amazing when Sally jumped out of the window in the first movie and it was like daytime? Yes. <laughs> Isn't that so jarring? Because yep. same thing happened here. It was daytime when they got out. Holy fuck! Oh yeah! yeah wow! Wow! Ah, <laughs> cool. Wait, how could that be though? How long? Were, how long were they in that building? Weren't they just in the street with with Sally and stuff? And then they went in there. He did the gag where he started the chainsaw behind that tarp. And then, how they couldn't have been that long, right? Yeah, that that's maybe true. they I didn't head little... straight for the car. Maybe they because uh, they're both injured, you know. So maybe yeah, they, might they, have uh, around. they made it. A... Yeah, I, right. I don't think it was right after. Like that's why I said earlier, four hours. Maybe that it she's... took them a minute to gather their thoughts or something, you know. And Leatherface just stayed I in the water. I do think waiting. though that. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe he got out. Maybe he swam to another place and got out somewhere else. Like, I don't know where <laughs> yeah, that, maybe it connects. that goes, you know? Yeah. But uh, I do think that there are a lot of clever nods in this film that people aren't giving it credit for. I really feel like right. when they wrote this film, they they did a lot of things to take into account the first film. And I think they tried to do it justice. And uh, I really feel like they did. So, um, and I respect, I respect a lot of the choices they made. Plus some of the lines, like when uh, Alice Krieg's like, if I'd known y'all were coming, I would have put my face on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that would have helped. Right. <laughs> like, that's awesome. And I was like, oh, well he, and then, you know, you find out later he puts her face on. So I guess. There was just little things like that, that I thought were great. And the term the cook was used, and I thought right away, I thought of, he's yes. just a cook, you know? So. You're just a cook. Yeah, and, um... They didn't hit you over the head with them like fucking Texas Chainsaw 3D did. That was one of my big complaints. When I watched it over the last summer, that they really, really fucking hit home. It was like, not after another, after another, with no... I watch that again. Nothing to it. Watch that, and then go back and listen to the review I did, and you'll probably agree. But not here. You know it's horrible. I haven't watched that since we reviewed it in 2013. Neither had I till I did last summer. I'm, I'm... <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow, we're horrible, dude. Well, I also got to tell you, Dave. Um, I love the interview that John Rhodes uh, sent you guys that you put at the end of the show. Oh yeah, wasn't that, that interesting? That was phenomenal. And I got to tell you, I've always loved 3D. Like I, I saw I it multiple have. times in the theater. I've defended it all these years because I just think it's straight up fun, you know? And it, and at this point, what the hell else am I going to expect from a Texas Chainsaw movie? You know, I, I don't. I, I just, Jamie, who's your favorite black and white couple? This one or that one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one, because in that one, he cheated on her like a motherfucker. So, so who's uh, a bigger asshole? Trey Song's character for cheating? Ooh. Or Dante for being the dick he was in his way. 
That's a good question. I would say probably Trey Songs because I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you and give Dante a little credit that maybe he wouldn't maybe he wouldn't have been as much of a dick if he wasn't under such a time constraint. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lessen up on him a little bit and I'm gonna say Trey Songs was an asshole. But uh, nice. And uh, if this movie was woke, if this movie was truly woke like people are saying they are, why would they make the one black kid an asshole? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Um, and why would they let him die? So soon. Right. You know? Right. Um, okay, Jamie, who's your favorite white girl? This one or um, <laughs> Alexandra Daddario? Alexandra Daddario. I love her. I love her in I anything. Love, I love her, too. Lila, I love Lila as a character. No, Lila and Richter are my two favorite characters from this film. Yeah. And I really, really, really like Lila. Um, the... What the, what was, oh, Texas Chainsaw. Anyway, yeah, that interview really answered a lot of questions and a lot of complaints that people have about 3D. And it doesn't, because like we always say, you can only judge a movie on what you're given. But honestly, I think if you know the history of that and why the time things don't match up the way they should, and the fact that it wasn't their fault, um, I think that that really does make it come off better. So, if right. people haven't heard that, then they should seek it out. Yeah, yeah. What was it? What I forgot which which one it was, but it was during our Texas Chainsaw thing we did last summer. We went through all of them. Well, not all of them, but most of them. But Alex, as much as we don't like Ad Dumb Marcus, he he actually made sense in this instance. But his original plot. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, he had to become an expert at, at coming up with excuses for why movies suck. You know, that's what Brian said when we when we heard that interview. That's exactly what Brian said. And I was like, oh, cut him some slack. <laughs> He's so well versed at this. He's like, I could I could make anything look good. It's like Rob Zombie. It's like Rob Zombie. All the studio. <laughs> Every problem. What did that? Yeah, I don't know. So that was uh, another trendy Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022. <laughs> Since we don't get anything else besides the original titles of these movies now. Um, so, uh, is Scream 6 going to be Scream 2023 or 4? It's going to be so stupid. Just, oh, what are they going to call it? You're right. If they have another one, what can they call it? They can't call it Scream 2. Are they going to go back to numbers? I don't know. Weird, and that's wow. why they should have never done what they did. Um, <clears throat> five, five Cream would have been perfect. Just... Just keep doing it. Who cares? Five cream? Yeah, because the five would look like a S. Oh, like in seven. So it would be like Scream S- 5. Seven E-N, like the movie Seven, how they put the seven there. So five Or a Scream cream. 4 was S-C-R-E and then 4-M. Right. Yes, yeah, Scream 4 m They fucked themselves <laughs> up with their title. I don't know if either of you mentioned it on your reviews, haven't had the chance to listen to it yet. But wow, that is a dumb mistake because if they, if they want to continue on, what can they do? Yeah, then what? What are like, you going to do now? Like, I was yeah. so mad yeah, no, when I Jurassic World came out. That. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. It'll be Scream Kills. <laughs> <laughs> Scream Kills. Scream Ends. Scream Ends. Imagine that. <laughs> okay, it's rating time. So, this movie gets a 2.5 out of 5 on IMDb. It's critically panned. Most people hate this movie. Um, but that doesn't mean anything to us. T-E-X-A-S. Here we go. In Rotten Tomatoes, it is... It gets a 31 on the tomato meter and a 36 audience score. 
36% each one. So, yeah, it's it's a total bomb in, in terms of critical reception. So, what do we give it, though? So, Dave, wow, so glad to have you back and doing this and joining us to cap off this Texas Chainsaw Massacre retrospective, unless there's another one. And we'll ask about if anyone wants that after this. Uh, so, what do you give this out of five? Honestly, the discussion brought it up a tiny bit more. I think I like it more than than I did after watching it. So I'm, I'm at a four, four to five. Wow. Yeah, I like it definitely more than the last two. Definitely more than the last two. Yeah, we should say something like that too. So, um, so let's forget about the first four. They are what they are. Let's forget about the remakes. Yeah, so let's keep it with 3D, Leatherface, and this one when we talk about what is the best. Uh, Jamie, how how many somethings out of five do you give this movie? <laughs> I uh, this is <laughs> people are gonna be like fucking what probably, but I give this a five. I did. I what? I, I, I knew you would. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I I cheered so many times through this at the gore, at the death scenes. I was emotional about a couple of the death scenes. I uh, I was in it. And uh, it flew by. And when it was over, I was like, I stood up and I was like, I fucking loved it. (laughs) Wow. I I straight up loved it. Yeah. Well, before I give my rating. So on the skeleton crew, I I made a mistake. I just put this poll up six hours ago. It has a good chunk of votes, but I I should have done it sooner so we can get more votes. But here's how it's going so far. Twelve people give it a three. Eight people give it a four. Three people give it a two. Two people give it a five. And that's Jerry Vitetta and Jason Lloyd are the only ones who think this is perfect. And you now. And one person gave it a one. So the majority is a three out of five. I gotta run out. I gotta get back onto Facebook now so I can vote. <laughs> well, today's still that same day, though. Don't do it. So you can. And it's okay. Stay off. <laughs> I give this movie a like a 3.75 out of 5. Like, I don't know if I'd give it a 4 out of 5. I mean, I, I would. Yeah, I guess I really like it. Um, but that's weird for me, because even like when I did the Chucky movies, I don't think I ever gave those more than a 3.5. And and I, I like Chucky. But, um, so, it's weird. I don't get super passionate about certain franchises, and unfortunately, this is one of them. Um, I don't really go that high. Like, nothing has really blown me the fuck away where I'm like, wow, that was great. Oh, my God. I'm going to get way more into all the other ones from this. Like, nothing like that. Like, Child's Play and and Texas Chainsaw never does that to me. So, I guess I would just give this a 3.5 out of 5. But I definitely don't see all the hate. I think people are totally nitpicking. Did I bring a lot of things up? And maybe agree on a couple of them, sure. But I never <clears throat> would would use that as the arsenal for my, like, scathing review or anything like that. Um, I don't think this is a, a total piece of shit, waste of time, loser thing. You gotta keep it in perspective. It's a Netflix original movie. It didn't even go to theaters. I don't think the, bit, the budget was phenomenal. <clears throat> and they tried to do some fan service. They brought the legacy character thing in, and they, they're, they're trying to keep up with what everyone else is doing. They, they delivered on what these are, especially on the gore. Just doing the bus scene alone is, like, a big deal, you know? 
and and I was and I, I was jaw dropped at um at the opening kill with the in the police van. I literally I think my mouth was hanging open for a long time because it was just I didn't expect all that to happen the way it did. And then I was this dude's kill the um, t- uh, Richter. That was unbelievable. I was just like floored at that. No pun intended. <laughs> and it was just really impactful and and then the the bus scene was really fun and i loved the visual of all the kids banging on the windows and the girl getting halfway out and thinking she's out of there and then he saws her in half really quick that was great and the girl getting the hammer and falling down the stairs was hilarious it was just like and they had a little thing like they threw the lady out it was kind of believable and she had a heart attack and this guy's pissed and comes back and fucks shit up, you know? And and him hanging out in there for 50 years tells you something about Leatherface. He, di- he didn't want to continue living like he did in part one. He just wanted to be left alone and hide out and not really pay for his crimes. So he's, he's just... But, you know, he does regret it, I guess. He's not... He doesn't keep doing it. So th- there's, like, some things to think about here. <clears throat> does it have the greatest ending? Yeah, it has moments with Sally and everything, and it was kind of weird... Um, with the falling in the water, and I don't know how the little girl got out of there. How come he wasn't holding her down and killed her? I don't know. I don't know what happened once they both got in there. That was a little confusing, but, you know, and I don't know how the the, the other sister got out of the car that she was pinned in. I don't know, uh, but okay. And it, it's like, you know, whatever. And it was cool, like, at the very end, you get this, this little moment where she's like, you know what, maybe I will live here with you, because <laughs> after they were fighting the whole fucking movie about it, now she gets to do this joke like, yeah, this is a great place to live. Let's go ahead and do that. <laughs> and then you get that moment. So you don't you expect more of the reaction to that. And instead she gets pulled out. Then the car just starts driving away. It's just so funny. <laughs> so slow it was moving. Is that really how slow <laughs> right. they move when they're on auto fucking whatever? <laughs> yeah, it would take him like five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Just drive the fucking car. <laughs> so, so yeah, um... There's a lot of fun moments and good things about this. Um, on first watch, I think people are just like, you know, you just watch it again and, and know what you're in for and then see if it's so bad. You know? I don't know. So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I give it a, like a 3.5, uh, maybe 4. I don't know. So that's my rating. Uh, so, guys, that was great. Um, so a quick ranking. I know this is a, the longest show in the world. So, um, out of these th- last three movies, um, well, I want to hear what you think first. I, I'm still processing. I was talking too much. So, Dave, out of the last three movies, what do you, how do you rank those? Oh, th- this is the best. And then after this, I guess I would go with um, 3D and then Leatherface. Right. Jamie? Uh, Leatherface is definitely last. I'm, cu- I'm not really sure where this one would fall. I haven't seen it as many times as I saw 3D. I think... Probably this one would be higher just because of the sheer amount of fun that I had with it. So um, I'll say this one, 3D, then Leatherface. Right. Yeah, I give. I think this one's the best out of those three. And then, yeah, I think Dave's right, 3D and then Leatherface. <laughs> so. <laughs> Good show, guys. Good hanging out with you. Any last words to everybody? I have... Um, that's all I can say. Thank you. It's always great to be with you two, two, uh, two great friends, two great people, and I'm just really fortunate that uh, that I'm here. So thanks, guys. 
Us too, man. Yeah, I feel the same. Uh, being uh, with you guys again and recording again, it, it feels like going home. It always does. And I always just like a, Leatherface. I always have a really good time. That's right. <laughs> just don't come sneaking into my home because then I have to kill you. <laughs> yep, same here. It was great. Uh, great time. It felt like I'm in a time warp. Uh, really cool stuff. Um, and it makes me even happier I, I started the bare bones thing because now this happened. So, yep. Uh, no plans for the next show. Um, I'll eventually release something and come up with some plans or whatever uh, in the future. <laughs> 